Hello, welcome to Local Anaesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello all. This is our 26th episode now. We've passed some sort of marker, haven't we, with our 25th show last week? Yeah, and I think it, it, it's fair to say it was a, an absolute joy. Was it? Yeah, why not? Okay. I can't help noticing you haven't opened your present, which is sitting next to you, stilling the packaging. Well, yeah, I was thinking that it might be worth something one day if I don't open it. I sincerely doubt that. <laughs> yeah. It's only going to depreciate that. <laughs> so we can be found at our website, which is uh, lapodcast.net, and you can download all the episodes there. You know the drill. Uh, Rob, we can be found on uh, you found on iTunes, by the way. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And we haven't had any ratings from people for a while. No, no. So please, if you know, if you're bored and find something, have find yourself wanting to do something, then please go on to iTunes and rate us. It's we, fun. It is fun. Yeah. We enjoy it. Yeah. Most of those are us. No, that's, that's a joke. Only, only, only ten of them are. Um, yeah, you can find us on our Facebook, which is www.facebook.com forward slash local anaesthetic podcast, and we're on Twitter, which is at LA Podcast. Um, before we begin, Rob, are there any updates to do with any uh, the lottery stuff that was going on or anything like that? No. Right. Good. <coughs> right. Uh, can I kick us off? Because I've just got, I'm being greedy. I'm going to actually start off three you very, very bastard. short, three very short stories because they're then. like headlines. Okay. And they're all, I think they're all from the new shopper. The first is by Helloy's Wood, and the headline is Chalky Albino, one in 100,000 squirrel visits Bromley Garden. A rare white squirrel has become a regular visitor in Bromley Garden. And this is a picture of the squirrel. It's an albino squirrel. That's amazing. Yeah, it's white. Um, is this the entire story? There's a white squirrel in someone's garden? No, no. Janice Sharman of Oldswater Close said the unusual creature has come to her garden a few times a week over the past year. Lucky she bit. said, we call him Chalky. Probably because he's white. But it was this quote that interests me. He gets everywhere, he goes up the A201. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> I don't know. It just says he gets everywhere, he goes up the A201. Is, he, is she implying that he drives? Or maybe takes some sort of public transport? I think it's something sexual. She says, we didn't think he'd last long, but he's been around a while and eats anything we put down in our garden. What are you doing, Rob? What's that over there? Is that a, a, can you see that? Fucking hell, are we spotting a UFO? No, it's not a UFO. It looks like some sort of... What the fuck is that? Uh, describe it for the listener, Rob. Rob's looking out the window and we're seeing some object. It could... It's not a balloon, I don't think. It doesn't look like a balloon. I don't it know could be it a is. paper bag, but it's... It's It's not a UFO. I've actually seen a UFO. We'll tell that story in another podcast, and that's not one of them. Oh. Anyway, back to the story. Uh, we didn't think he'd last long, but he's been around a while and eats anything we put down in our garden. Uh, and there have been two other reported sightings of the white squirrel in Bromley, one in June and one last month. That's fascinating. Right, OK, that's the first one. Second one, Kelly Smale from the New Shopper, dog found tied to bench in Northfleet with tail cut off. <laughs> a dog is recovering after being found tied to a bench in Northfleet with his tail callously cut off. The tan and white Staffordshire Cross... And this is why I thought it was a bit insensitive. He's been nicknamed, right? The tan and white Staffordshire Cross, nicknamed, Wang. in quotes, Stumpy. Nice, yeah. Is that fair? He said his tail cut off and you're calling him Stumpy. Well, we might have called Stumpy beforehand. Well, that, well, then he was asking for it, wasn't exactly, he? Exactly, yeah. Uh, he was found on July 30th with horrific injuries after his tail had been amputated by somebody who did not stitch up the wound or administer medical care. Ooh, that's horrid. Um, and basically, after eight days, the dog was not claimed, so he became the council's. So the council owned the dog. Is that how it works? Uh, apparently so. To make donations towards the care of Stumpy or any other animals in need of veterinary care, you can call the Shrubbery Veterinary Practice... Uh, nice, yeah. On 01474 
Uh, oh, and there was a comment on this by uh, Mouth Almighty who says, A 16-year-old human was left on the street in Kent. What about donating to help him and other youngsters? And last story. Idiot. My favourite, though. This is uh, from the new shopper by Tim McFarlane. Horseman you are smeared on Belvedere car. <laughs> I knew you'd like this one. A woman in Belvedere got a nasty surprise when she went to her car one morning. The vehicle was covered in what appeared to be horse manure after she left it on Dillon Road on the night of August the 8th. Wow, teacher. A police spokesman said the victims found the brown substance smeared on the bonnet and some smeared on the windscreen oh. of her car. She inspected it and it appeared to be horse manure. Now, this is a bit I like the best story. What do you mean it appeared to be horse manure? Shit is shit. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe there were bits of hay in there. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. But what I meant, what I meant was, it wasn't chocolate, was it? It doesn't mean the fact she actually decided to to to, to uh, specifically identify it as horse manure. Well, I mean, just intrigued about the comment generally. How did she know it wasn't dog shit? How did she know it wasn't human shit? How did she know it was horse manure? When it, so she inspected it, what exactly does that mean? She leant over, sniffed it. Do you remember the, uh, the, the the series Due South, where about the man with the Mountie? Yes, the cop. He would. He always... reminded me of Jack D. He yeah, looked like Jack D. That's true, actually. But he always used to uh, he used to place his finger into dog mess and then lick it. I'm not sure if that was some sort of weird fetish, but it could well have been. Mm. Um, the story ends. Police are interested in hearing from anybody who may have seen something in the early hours of morning, August the ninth. I think we should ring them. I saw something. <laughs> it's nothing to do with this. But nothing to do with it. And then Bexley M. I think it's Bexley <clears throat> MPS. What's an MPS? Does that mean the Bexley M- Metropolitan Police Service? Oh, tweeted. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. tweeted hash Belvedere. Yeah. Why would someone smear horse manure over a vehicle bonnet and windscreen called 101 if you know who? Yeah, that's the Metro Police Service. Oh, well, that's interesting. We should definitely call up and say we saw something. I don't know. Did, did you see something on the morning of August the 9th? <laughs> Just, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I was awake. What do you want to know? <laughs> okay. Um, my story is, was sent in by Jack Oldham. I'm not sure where he's from. But I think it's Yorkshire somewhere. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. We're getting a pattern here, aren't we? Who's that other guy? Um, ben Halifax. And he's not in Halifax, his name's just Ben Halifax. And he lives in Brighton. And he lives in Brighton. And this guy's called... Um, Jack Oldham. I think these people are made up. And Oldham, of course, is in, I think I'm right in saying, he's in Lancashire, not Yorkshire. And where's, this, and where's he reporting from? Uh, a place called Todmorden. Which is where? Uh, Yorkshire. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is from the Todmorden News. Toilet habits that breach an order. Magistrate jailed a man after hearing of his bowel movements at Todmorden Health Centre. Raymond Woods, 56, used a toilet for over two for over a two-month period, leaving feces on the floor, and staff refused to clean up after him. Where was this? Uh, health Centre. So he what? And was he was he a member? Uh, no, I think he's a vagrant. So he just goes in, uses the <clears throat> loons, and, and and misses the loo. Well, <laughs> Woods have no fixed abode with 147 previous convictions. 147? Yeah. Not bad. Uh, admitted breaching an, an antisocial behaviour order. He was jailed for 17 weeks and Calderdale magistrates imposed a five-year ASBO uh, starting from his release. The, c- the conditions included not entering the health centre unless he had a pre-arranged <laughs> appointment and not drinking alcohol in a public place in Calderdale. Uh, Claire Benson, prosecuting, said, Woods left a lot of mess and faeces when the staff <laughs> would no longer clean up after him. Uh, the toilets were locked and members of the public have to ask for a key to use them. On July 20th, the defendant found them locked and stood in the waiting room saying, Shall I crap on the floor? <laughs> Said Mrs. Benson. When he started to take his trousers down, a member of the staff unlocked the toilet door for him. Well, you've got to be firm. You can't just back down as soon as he threatens to shit on the floor. You call the police, love. No? Uh, well, yeah. 
he then released the cider. He, uh, he then released the cider he arrived with. Um, released the cider. He released the cider. Is that, that a that? euphemism for taking a piss? Maybe releasing the cider. Oh, I need to go and release the cider now. Possibly. Uh, then is okay. He then released the cider he arrived with. He'd been taken and started shouting and swearing at staff and patients. When questioned by police, <laughs> he said he he could not remember the incident. Said he had drunk nine liters of. Nine liters of strong cider. Nine liters. No wonder he needed to go to the loo. I mean, that's that's three of those big bottles. That's that's quite impressive. That is. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty much the story. Are there any comments? Uh, unfortunately, not. No. 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 What's wrong with the people of what, what's it called? Todd Morden. Todd Morden. Yeah. Can we think of a comment? Probably. I, I'm sure people put on here the long silence where we try and think up some really badly. <laughs> You sentence. Did we? Did, did you ever follow up on that story that we did leave a comment on about the guy with the? Um, I did leave. A, I leave, I did actually leave a comment on this. There's the story about the the man who'd knitted some kittens. No, he didn't knit kittens. That's that's weird. Um, he knitted scarves, Swindon Town scarves, with his kittens. And his name was Mark Chamberlain, or something. No, it wasn't Mark Chamberlain. It was something else. It was, it was better than that. It was better than that. Yeah, but it's, it was, his surname was Chamberlain, but his mum had a different surname. And so we posted a comment: Why does he have a different surname than his mother? Yeah. And then after a few days, no one left comments, so I left another comment saying, anyone? <laughs> and if anybody replied to that? Uh, not that I've seen. No. Can you chase it up? I will chase it up and see. And and I will leave another comment just saying, bump. Oh, you mean post. bump it up? Yeah. Oh, okay. You could just put that, or just put, um, yeah. Please, please? Question mark? Uh, what I point, need to know this. What point does it turn abusive? <laughs> um, give it a few weeks. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, yeah, let's keep doing it, though. So we put another one saying, I need to know this. Should we try then and do it one then another, yeah, no, yeah, so one a week. I, I need to know this. One next week, please. And then the last one, oh, fuck off then. <laughs> No, I want to keep going, see if we can get to Christmas and just finish it can with we do it then? Merry Christmas and goodbye. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I've decided to end it all. So, did you say, no, no, the last one should just be something like, uh, I tracked him down and the story wasn't very interesting. <laughs> Although we did offer me a very nice knitted scarf. <laughs> yes. Okay, Rob, my next story here. Um, again, this is actually a very short one. Again, it was okay. just a peculiar story. Um, it's from the new shopper. It's by Sarah Trotter. Right. This is the headline. Woman feels, in quotes, violated after burglars dressed up as husband to raid... <laughs> <laughs> to raid... Finish that. Finish that uh, yeah, yeah, headline. Yeah, yeah. Woman feels violated after burglars dressed up as husband to raid what? Her. <laughs> <laughs> no, down and home. Unless down and home. Down and her what? <laughs> Sorry. Down and home. Oh, right. Good. Good. Yeah, uh, so it's by Sarah Trotter. A woman says she feels violated after burglars dressed up as her husband in hard hats and fluorescent jackets to no, raid no, no, their no, down no, no, okay, no, I want you to try and make he sense. He does not. He no. I'm sorry. He does not come home in his hard hat and a, and a, and a, a high vis jacket. Maybe he wears it in the bedroom. Maybe she. What? Nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. Yeah. Maybe his penis is, is painted luminous yellow. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, I don't doubt he comes. I doubt that he comes home like that every this night. This story is really peculiar and really hard to unpick. So I want you to try and unpick it as we go. The calculating thieves tried to fool neighbours by disguising themselves in workers' clothes before breaking in and making off with jewellery and £900 in cash. Right. Who leaves £900 of cash in the house? Someone who's committing uh, insurance fraud. Right. <laughs> Suzanne Thomas of Farmfield Road was having an operation to remove a cyst at Lewisham Hospital when the burglary took place. So she's at the hospital to get a cyst removed, right? But she's, she's not even there, so how does she feel violated? How did she know these people were dressed like her husband? Let me finish. Her husband, Colin Thomas, a landscape gardener, came back from the hospital to find two men impersonating him. No, 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 well, no, okay. As got, they looted his house. I've got a friend who's a landscape gardener. Why would you be wearing 
A hard hat and uh, fluorescent jacket. As, as a landscape gardener. <laughs> but also, it says he came home to find two men impersonating him. It's not a very good impersonation. Hang on, it's not a very good impersonation, is it? For him, for, for him or the neighbours or for the wife. Yeah. If there are two of them. And also, that means now he's got home. There are three of them. <laughs> Surely the story should be man comes home to find two men impersonating him. Because she's at the fucking hospital. Yeah, but forget that. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that they were apparently trying to fool the neighbours, right? <laughs> yeah. What neighbour are going to be fooled by saying, oh, they're, they're, there's two <laughs> there's people that look just like her husband. <laughs> good point. I don't get this story. Point. The men held the front door against him while they escaped out the back, <laughs> leaving suitcases of electrical... choked. What? With leaving suitcases of electrical goods which they plan to make off with. Mrs. Thomas said, so now we're back on Mrs. Thomas said, it's disgusting. My husband came home and the handle was held down. He could physically feel someone holding it, presumably at the door. They had a keychain on it, gave them enough time to escape. They dressed up as my husband in hard hats and his jackets. They had been watching our home. They found a cabbie to take all my stuff, which was already in suitcases. So some, some cab drivers bring the getaway. This is what she's been sitting outside here where they won't rob this place. Presumably also impersonating the husband by wearing a hard jack and high, and high, high visibility oh. jacket. What if you're a cab driver? Because I've said they haven't called a cab while they've been in the house. So, yeah. in ten minutes, you say, mate, I need a bit more, a bit quicker than that. Yeah. <laughs> This, he must be waiting outside where these two guys in hard hacking walk in and then walk out with two suitcases. They apparently walked out the back. So if they walked out the back, they then would have had to scale the fence and then come back round to the These are the worst burglars in the history of the world. What do you say that? So just listen to this is a great quote from her. They found the cabbie to take all my stuff, which was already in suitcases. What? It was, so was all her stuff was already in suitcases. So all her electrical goods were just handily in suitcases by was the she door. She about to leave, do you think, the husband? She's sick of him wearing constantly a hard hat and hiding now. <laughs> But listen to this line. They had even put my iron in the suitcase. <laughs> they nicked an iron. Why would you steal the iron? Because <laughs> this story makes no sense. I've got a lot. Are you suggesting she's being targeted? <laughs> no, I'm suggesting the husband's done it. They had unplugged my computer. Everything electrical, including the microwave. Everything was strewn everywhere. Even my underwear drawer. I feel totally violated. So it's not just a burglary, this, is it? Because why are you unplugging microwaves if you're not going to take the microwave with you? Who steals in this? Who would you? Why would you steal an iron and a microwave? I've got. Why would you go steal something? Okay, under a drawer, I suppose you might you might hide stuff in there. But the forty-five-year-old had come home early from hospital to deal with the situation and has now had to wait to finish her treatment. I had to sign myself out of hospital. So presumably the husband rang her while she was having sister move. Said, "I've come home, found two men who look like me in the house. Don't panic. They're taking the iron." <laughs> So she says, I signed myself out of hospital and have given my bed away at the hospital, she said. They don't know what they're doing to people, these burglars. I'm in chronic pain. Now I must wait and go back to be referred. It isn't fair. Mrs Thomas, who is a PA at City University, is now afraid of being alone in her own home. She said, there's nothing worse than being watched. I'm sitting here now with a chain on my door. I won't go in outside in case they come back to finish the job. What sounds like I've got nothing left. Yeah, what does she mean, finish the job? Lewis and police have arrested two men in connection with the burglary. Um, and then it says, help required to find family heirloom. The burglars made off with jewellery, including a precious necklace given by Mrs. Thomas' late grandmother, late mother. The 14 karat gold item features a rose stamped on a coin and is engraved with the message, I will love you today, tomorrow and always. Mrs. Thomas is appealing for anyone who knows of the nexus whereabouts to anonymously call new shopper so it can be returned to its right owner. Now what I'm thinking though is, Rob, they've arrested two men, but they might have nothing to do with it. I'm thinking this has got to do with the husband. He's come home... Is this insurance? He's come home, right? Yeah. 
looted the place to claim on insurance yeah. and then come up with this ridiculous story that I came up to find two men impersonating me. Well, how are they impersonating you? Well, yeah. they were wearing... Let's, 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 let's just walk this through. So, he's saying to his wife, who's in hospital, so she... So he knows she's going to be out the house. Any, right, she literally and by the way, no idea about if, this. If all her stuff was in suitcases, that implies she was going to leave. Yeah. So maybe this is his way of keeping them. <laughs> so, he's called up on the phone. Okay, so he's got home, tried the door handle, but couldn't get in because someone apparently was holding the door handle on the other side. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, fair enough. She stated that all the electrical goods were already in suitcases, so the microwave, it's a fucking big suitcase, the iron... No, it doesn't say they took the microwave, they just unplugged random electrical <laughs> items, like the computer and the microwave. Why would you do that? Well, maybe they were going to take them, but because the husband came home, scared cat okay. ran away. Okay, so the, the, the suitcases were by the door... Um, they were holding the handle, at which point they had to, would have to let go of the handle, which apparently was enough time for them to get out of the back, in get in the, get in the, stand, the standby taxi is outside. No, but get out of the back and presumably get over the garden fence and go back round to the front where the cab's waiting. The cab can't be waiting in the garden, doesn't make sense. No, this is... You're the... an ex-policeman, so... I'd say he's, he's done it. He's done it. Book him. That fucker's done it. Book him. Yeah. Bang him up. That's not a euphemism. A lot of euphemisms this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my next story uh, was sent in by Nicola. Um, from Norwich. Nicola in Norwich. That's the one, yeah. And it's from um, the Eastern Daily Press. Uh, there's no journalist. Um, headline is, Three fire engines sent to rescue trapped seagull in Norwich. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so after what they were telling the new shopper about don't call us, call the RSPCA, they've sent out three fire engines for a seagull. There are all loads of comments about oh, this good, I good, have to good, say good. the distressed bird got trapped in twigs in a tree near Norwich Market in Gentleman's Walk this sounds like a nice place doesn't it Gentleman's Walk um, twigs in a tree yeah trapped in twigs in a tree twigs in a tree isn't a place <laughs> no, 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 sounds no, great no, doesn't no. it where do you live twigs in a tree <laughs> twigs no, in a tree in, in Norwich Market good episode title yeah oh yeah um, the RSPCA alerted Norfolk Fire and Rescue Services just after 3pm yesterday Wednesday uh, firefighters used an aerial platform ladder to free the bird. The seagull was taken to care of the RSPCA. Stephen Ryder, instant commander, said, "We we sent one fire engine out because uh, sorry, we sent one fire engine out. Then because of the safety, uh, because of the location and for safety, we had to call out the aerial platform ladder. The third fire engine is the remainder of the crew to support the aerial platform ladder." I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It's a seagull. Just chuck a tennis ball at it; it'll come off. Let me just finish. There's only one more sentence on this story. We share funding with the RSPCA and have an agreement that they will only call us out if they are confident the animal needs our assistance. So the RSPCA couldn't free it? No. So they called the fire... How fucking high up this tree was it? I I have no idea. There's no pictures. But what I can't understand is... So they they claim that one fire engine wouldn't have done it. They couldn't do it with one of fire engines. They called another fire engine because they needed this platform ladder thing. And then they had a third one to support. Why couldn't the first one support? Well, yeah, Exactly. Someone makes a comment in there saying... Why do you need somebody to support... Sorry, so hang on a minute. Why does the second fire engine need supporting? There's a team of them. What do they need supporting with? The the, the, the safety element. So as he's walking around, oh, am I okay going up this ladder? I, I assume so, yeah. But the, there, are, there are, I think there are in excess of 50 comments on this story. You're not going to read them all out. No, no, no. I've got, I've got Rob's them. actually printed out the comments <laughs> and highlighted them. They I'm have. impressed with this. <clears throat> right, so... Now, Blister... There's a few comments from Blister, um, so stick with me. first one is... Sorry... But the fire service were called to a flying rat. I hope the RSPCA Gestapo are footing the bill. <laughs> it's a pathetic waste of resources. 
Next time the fire brigade union, the fire service is saying that they are short of resources and need more money and men, I will know they are lying and that if anything, the service could be cut back. So that's the problem now. The, the Tories are going to pounce on this and use this as, as, a, as a reason to cut back the fire service. Absolutely. They're not helping. You're not helping yourselves, fire no. service. Solomon comments, this kind of story gets the BBC or makes national news, it would make Norwich a laughing stock. <laughs> it seemed like a, ba- a backward place full of simpletons. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that comment. Right. Yeah. Blister then comments again. Share funding with the RSPCA. How does that work? That's it. I'm now convinced that the world has gone mad. Three fire engines, a pest control officer with an air rifle and a telescopic pole will have done the job. <laughs> I will be, I will be... Is he suggesting somebody should have shot the seagull? Yeah, where's the seagull? Who cares it's a seagull? Well, they just leave it to die. Why send the guy up to shoot it? That's just unnecessarily cruel. Well, that's what that's, that's what's just the cat. If the cat can't get down by himself, then call it and then leave it for you. Well, days. I think my idea is the most humane. Throw a tennis ball at it. Throw many tennis balls at it. And if well, there it, is it, a it'll either kill it, either kill it, or it will set it free. Let yeah. fate decide. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> that's what Solomon would have recommended. <laughs> I would be inquiring under the Freedom Information Act how much the, the cost of the, to the taxpayer. Would the RSPCA be willing to clean up the highly corrosive seagull guano? Covering the market in public buildings in exchange for rescuing this animal? Are they aware that the, the herring gulls... Herring gulls? Yeah. They're a bird. Yeah. Uh, they're increasing in Norwich, are carrying and spreading highly drug-resistant super bacteria. <laughs> highly resistant super drug bacteria? Yeah. That's another good episode title. <laughs> <laughs> and then DK Matkin says, we need more peregrine falcons. Peregrine falcons? Yeah, he could thought. Hey, Rob! The other day in Victoria, you know where the cathedral is, Westminster Cathedral? Yeah. There's just a man walking down the street, past the cathedral, just doing mining them, just keeps walking, with a fucking kestrel. No, he hasn't. He's just holding a kestrel. We are talking about the bird and not the can, and not the lager. Oh, no, the beer, yeah. Oh, oh right, okay, yeah. Just and I've been drinking as well, actually, so... <laughs> no, I don't drink. <clears throat> right, Solomon's responded. Um, he thought he needed to comment again. This is just pathetic. I've reported the RSPCA critically injured deer and horses that have been neglected. <laughs> And I know about horses, I, as I used to have two. <laughs> okay, now this is all... With one horse impersonating the other, though. That's a, good, that's a good point, yeah. Okay, now, now it's all in block capitals. Of course. And the RSPCA are not interested unless there's a chance of prosecution or a positive publicity for them. Of course. No doubt my post here will be published as it slates the RSPCA. No bias then, Eastern Evening News. Is he claiming that he won't be published? Because I of think that's what he meant, yeah. yeah okay. That would not be published, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Blister then comes again saying, uh, would have been cheaper to throw a bag of chips in the market at it? Which so is very close, close to my idea. Comments. Mine with a tennis ball, but they think bag of chips. I don't think they have many tennis balls in Norwich. Yeah. And uh, then the last comment is from Solomon, uh, just to highlight that uh, it actually came, the, the story was actually commented on by the BBC. Ah. Yep, it was on the Vine show. Uh, listen, Jeremy Vine. Yeah, Jeremy Vine, uh, between the hours of uh, 12 and 2. Uh, listen on BBC iPlayer to the comment from the anonymous Norwich firefighter around 12.57. Anonymous? Why did he have to come on anonymously? Was he that ashamed? Probably. Um, what did he say? From the anonymous firefighter around 12.57 last night, they rescued a fox. Uh, but that was not all. Norfolk firefighters uh, turned out for more animal rescues than they do car accidents. In fact, they only turn out to car accidents if requested by the police or ambulance service. So if you call the ambulance service and the fire service to release an obvious trapped person, they will have to wait until the other services assess it. What? And as for Guy from Pact, who implied an ant has the same rights as a human, what can I say? I want to know that comment. There's a guy there who said an ant has the same rights as a human. 
I somebody... haven't found this. I've had a look through and I haven't found this comment. But basically, it implies that somebody was saying that, yeah, why shouldn't the fire brigade come out and rescue uh, an animal? An ant has the same rights as a human. Yeah. No, it doesn't. An ant doesn't contribute taxes or anything towards our society for which, you know... No, it's true. It, yeah, how he's come to that... I'm sure if you removed ants from the ecosystem, something, you know, the butterfly effect, something terrible would probably happen. And just to finish on this comment, which is basically what you said, um, Norrie said, I don't like to see anything suffer, so one engine would be fair enough. But three, what's that? 18 firemen, what were they all doing? Well, are there any fires in Norwich? Uh, not anymore, no. It hasn't, it's not that developed. Ah. Well, Rob, my next story is another good one. It's by Alan Woods. It's from the new shopper. And the story is, teenager in court after throwing dog food and eggs over parked cars in... (laughs) (laughs) In Meerfum? Never heard of this place. Meerfum. So, a bored Gravesend teenager took to the streets of Meerfum on a drunken rampage, throwing dog food and eggs over parked cars. (laughs) The 17-year-old, who cannot be named for legal reasons, also smashed two wing mirrors as he was driven around the village on the evening of May 11th this year. What? Who's driven around by? Uh, well, was someone mate, taking around to do these things? Well, standing nervously alongside his mother in the dock at Dartford Youth Court this morning, the teenager pleaded guilty to two counts of criminal damage. Prosecutor Caroline Moonan explained the defendant was at a party with some friends. They got bored and went to a 24-hour supermarket and bought alcohol, eggs and dog food, which is pretty much what you buy every time you go to the supermarket, isn't it? Not with the eggs. I buy the alcohol and dog food. Yeah, I mean, you can live on that. Yeah. Um, the eggs were thrown at members of the public from the car, <laughs> as well as parked vehicles. <laughs> nice. Mrs Moonan explained how the defendant <clears throat> friends then egged, in quotes, him on to smash the wing mirrors on two parked cars. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Uh, in, in a police interview following his arrest on May 24th, he admitted hitting and twisting one of the wing mirrors until it detached. Although the car's owners were unknown to the teenager, his friends knew their names and the defendant later tracked them down on Facebook. He emailed them the same night admitting what he'd done and apologising, also offering to pay the cost of the damage. Deborah Slater, defending the youngster, said this is an extremely unfortunate incident, clearly fuelled by alcohol and high spirits. Is that again another pun? There were, there were other boys involved in this incident. And, and, it do- rage. and it does seem he is bearing the responsibility for something he was not wholly responsible for. It is a matter of shame and regret for his family and he's been dealt with severely at home. Uh, Magistrate Christine He's had his hands cut off and his penis. Magistrate Christine Rose handed the teenager a twelve month conditional discharge, ordering him to pay three hundred and twenty three pounds and eighteen new pence compensation <laughs> and eighty five pound prosecution costs. How the hell did they come up with three hundred and twenty three pounds eighteen pence? Why didn't they just say three hundred and twenty five? Well, is it isn't it's not a possibility? What is, so what's, what's that for exactly? Say again. Compensation he's got to pay for the victim. Well, surely they've gone through and assessed the damage to the cars, and maybe that's still, still. It's very random. I love Com- it, 18 pence. That, that makes a difference. Comments. <clears throat> Mouth Almighty says, What is it with Gravesend? When I lived there 25 years ago, high-spirited teenagers went on the rampage damaging cars and shops for three weeks running at a weekend, including mine. <laughs> plus, plus a riot. <laughs> plus stealing our tapes. Sorry, they want to ride it saying to damage cars and a mine, did he say? No, teenagers went on the rampage damaging cars and shops for three weeks running, including mine. Not a mine. Oh, oh, right. Not, there's no mines in Grayson, no, well, including, including his car. Ah. But what I like is they stole their, including our tapes. He's talking about cassette tapes, isn't he? I assume so. I can't think of what else we were talking about. Well, unless he had a lot. Maybe sell a tape. If it was in a London, the description would have been more derogatory and damning, and the kids named and shamed. Is this a proven tactic by the powers of Gravesend than the softly soft? 
Is this a proven tactic by the powers of Gravesend that the softly, softly approach only works? Um, the Everarded Butt says, What about the 24-hour supermarket that sold alcohol to a 17-year-old? What happened to the Challenge 25 campaign where retailers are supposed to request ID from anyone who appears to be under the age of 25? Well, maybe that, it didn't appear to be under 25. <laughs> well, there's that, but yeah, there's, that's a good point. But also that seems like a shit idea. Under 25, that's setting the bar a bit high, isn't it? Yeah, well... It's Why not challenge anybody that looks like they're under 18? Or under the age of 60. That would, I think that would really catch some people out. You're right. Mouth Almighty comments again, says... Now, Rob, I wondered if this is a poem by Mouth Almighty. He just says this. It's wrong. It's also wrong. How are kids supposed to learn right from wrong? If it is, it's a shit one. There's, no, no, haiku. there's no question mark at the end of it. It's wrong. It's also wrong. How are kids supposed to learn right from wrong? It's got a good rhythm to it. It's quite beautiful. And uh, Paul Erith. Oh, he's back, is he? Returns. Oh, Paul Erith, that we used to think was reason to measure until we realised he's probably quite right, right wing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Paul Erith says... Da, 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 da. This will be shot. <laughs> Yet more scum in our area. Go, yeah. Need to be taught a lesson. <laughs> Good. Nothing's changed. Glad to hear it. <laughs> right, Rob. You've got a story for us. I have. Um, back to the advert, as always. New journalist. Oh, no, sorry. It's not a new journalist. Um, this story is four years old. Uh, but Why, this is meant to be current, Rob. Uh, I know, I know. But I saw how did you find this, a four-year-old story? What have you been doing? Basically, I was looking... It was when I was um, about to update the, the this cat scarf story. I basically deleted the link, so I had to go through Google to find it. Other search engines are available. And um, another story came up from the, oh. ad, the advert. And you liked it. And I liked it. Um, Four years so old, nothing this, wrong with that. The story was by Sarah Hillier, in, and uh, probably no longer working for the paper. Uh, no, possibly not. No, not after this story, anyway. Uh, <laughs> pub ban is catastrophic. Okay, so have they banned cats? They have from a pub. Catastrophic. Good. A fat ginger cat has been barred from a North Swindon pub for repeatedly ignoring calls for last orders. Oh fuck off! <laughs> the pushy, the pushy puss. Um, has been named Ember by customers, has literally set up home in the Blunsdon Arms and seems to have, it doesn't seem to have any wish to leave the bar. Her favourite position is under the outdoor heaters, but she is just as happy purring to the puns inside. Staff have had to put up a, put up a sign on the front door saying, please note the cat is barred. <laughs> the look on your face is priceless. Um, to, prevent, uh, to try and prevent Ember from interrupting customers eating food. The mystery, the, the mystery cat who is assumed... Sounds uh, like Garfield. It does, yeah. The mystery cat, who is assured of a plentiful supply of tasty snacks from punters and staff, has been happily frequenting the pub for eight months. Um, I think she's getting better fed than me, said the pub's manager, Mark Burton. She is very forward and goes for everyone's lap when she comes into the pub. <laughs> she's implying she bites the testicles. I don't know what it's implying, but she's very forward. Yeah, yeah. As we do a lot of food, we have to keep chucking around. She turns up at 7am 7, 7 looking for food and is so friendly and quite unusual. Obviously, she likes people or is very lonely. It's a cat. Oh, no, Rob. Animals can be lonely. I mean, it's unusual for cats. I mean, cats are quite, you know, self-sufficient, independent creatures. This, this one is turned up when the pub opens looking for food. She, she's, she's clearly got nailed when the pub opens and turns up looking yeah, why for Why are they letting it in at all? They're not. Ever. They've got a sign on the door saying she can't come in. Whether Ember's a real home is a mystery, but people believe her real name is Jasmine. Why do they? <laughs> so hang on a minute, hang on a minute, whoa! Whether, so first of all, whether she has a real home is a mystery. So they said, nobody knows if she has a real home. Yeah. So have they just plucked a name out of the air and think, I think she's called Jasmine. 
Uh, I think so, yeah. From what it, it's implying, yeah. Um, she's become a legend at the pub, and a Facebook page may be set up in honour. But due to health and safety regulations, she is not allowed because the pub sells food. They're she's not allowed to set up a Facebook page because the pub sells food. I think they think she's not meant to be in the pub because the pub sells food. That makes more sense. Everyone has to stop letting her in, so I spend half the day chasing her out, said Mark, <laughs> said Mark laughingly. And Ember knows her prime position, as the only cat in the pub makes her very lucky. She stares at the cats as, uh, if they appear outside the pub. She's very territorial. <laughs> Staff member Kaylee Watkins said she would just sit on, on my shoulders for ages. She can be a pain, though, when she sneaks inside. I'm fucking sick of this story. I'm sorry. This is not... This is bullshit. They, they want that cat there. Listen to what they're saying. This is oh, publicity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course it's fucking publicity. You know what? If you've got a business, right, and you want to get publicity, you make up some stupid... Can I see the cat? Is there a picture there of the cat? There is a picture of the cat and two very happy staff, in my opinion. There you are. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Well, they're fucking encouraging, right? The picture is of two staff members outside the blund... The blund and arms. And one of them is literally hugging the cat. The cat has its paws around the bloody person's neck. They're in an embrace, right? They're saying she's a lovable cat. I just want to say though, Rob, that this is ridiculous. They're saying they don't want the cat around, right? They're obvious, like the the, the the owner is talking about the cat lovingly. It's all a, it's all a bit of cat and mouse, if you'll pardon the expression, nice, right? Yeah, and then they're saying, oh, it sits on my shoulder. You're fucking encouraging it. It will keep coming. It's it's it thinks now that you've got a connection. It thinks that you're going to feed it. If you really don't want it there, then every time it comes, you have to say, sling your hook. Absolutely. There are comments on the story. Gramandi says, what an absolutely fascinating story. The world is in the grip of a financial crisis, as it was in 2008. It still is, uh, isn't it? still is, yeah. Oh, fucking hell, that's worrying. Yeah. The world is in the grip sell, of... Sell, sell. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, local anaesthetic uh, will be floated on the stock market in about two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, shares are going at 20p each. Um, although that might go down. The world is in the grip of a financial crisis, the like of which has never been seen for decades. But not to worry, the Blunders Arms has a cat that sometimes pops into the bar. Good, good. This is a fucking awful, sh- fucking banal story. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, the comments take a slightly weird turn now. So, um, right. Casual observer says, Christ, "Crikey, yes, you're right. The banks are in trouble, so, m- so normal life must discontinue." Anyway, you're fine with to talk about triviality. And in brackets, he's put Richard, spelt with about ten eyes, Boothby Pagnon et al. What? Boothby Pagnor et al. I'm not talking about that. No, not do I. Okay. Uh, well, obviously they've got something perfect. Uh, I'm assuming so. Grimandi responds to this, saying, if you knew what musical atrocities were committed by Richard with about 30 eyes, Rolo, Pi, Ondes, Chamberlain, Yodeling, and Cleaver on the Noodles, Fingles, and Jabadoro de Quampers, you wouldn't use the word trivial so lightly. Are you having a stroke, Rob? <laughs> Our town, not our town, says, Oh, come on, Grubber Grimaldi, cheer up, casual observer. This is a perfect example of the kind of tale that the local press can litter the paper with. A lot of puns in there. Very good. They're very truthful. They certainly called a spade a spade. Spade can't, yeah. I don't get that. You can pause for a moment and claw your way through the story before you have to flee back to the rat race. And uh, just to finish off, I too just says trivia tosh nice cat <laughs> <laughs> what was Garfield's favourite food lasagna well done thank you you know in Garfield can I just discuss this with you you know Nermal the little grey cat yeah in the books Nermal is often still reads them I do Rob uh, no that's me Nermal is often portrayed as a male 
But quite clearly in the cartoons, she's a female. I just never got the the, the what the the interaction there. Maybe there was some sort of gender change. It's a bit heavy going for a book <laughs> that's aimed at five years. <laughs> Okay, Rob, should we wrap up the podcast? Yeah. Um, we, we, we've been thinking long and hard because, obviously, we've done away with the, the spelling of the local anaesthetic because, oh. quite frankly, I was fucking bored of it. But you do need to tell people how to contact us to send us in their stories. Yeah, we will do that in a few minutes. Um, but we have another feature. We spent literally minutes thinking about this. Well, what happened was we were eating. Yeah. Uh, I made Rob something to eat when he came over. No, not romantically. It's not a euphemism either. Just to feed him. Um, I think we've used the word euphemism about six times in this podcast. I like that, yeah. That can be our word of the week. Um, another, another feature, feature right to, be, to be started and dropped I'm a feature machine you're a feature machine yeah uh, so we were eating earlier and I think I just we just sort of thought of this uh, it's not particularly inspired but what we're going to do is do what is it an interesting fact of the week about each other ooh yeah. interesting but surely we should just are we telling each uh, other a fact yeah I can't know facts about you that's what I was thinking okay no no no, no yeah. well are we taking in turns on a weekly basis or should we tell one well do, do we both say we do one each okay like truth or dare okay but only it's truth. Okay, well, I, I, um, are you happy for me to start? Yes. I once met the Prime Minister dressed as a giant talking Canadian mouse. Was he dressed as a giant talking Canadian mouse, or were you? Uh, I was. Right, that's a good clarification. And it was Tony Blair, in case it was one yeah. which Prime Minister. Yeah, not Cameron. Uh, no, I then proceeded to strip in front of him. Right. This is absolutely true. Uh, so, I assume, and I think I may have heard of this already, I don't know, but you were... You used to do community theatre. Yes. Those god-awful community theatre things. Yeah. And you were dressed as a, a giant Canadian mouse. Why yeah. Canadian? I'm not entirely sure. But right. this... I Did you have to speak in a Canadian accent? Yeah, although it was, it was shocking. I, I can't do it now because it, was, it came off as sort of Southern... South American because... It, not South America. South sorry, America. Sorry, and the sort of Southern states is what I meant to say. Right. Um, and the costume was sweltering. I mean, absolutely, it was huge as well. And you met the Prime Minister in Downing Street? No, it was in his home constituency of Sedgefield, which is up in Cash Durham. Yeah. And we got into a working men's club there. Why on earth we were doing it there, I don't know. Why was he there? Um, he, he, was in, he was in this constituency and we had been invited specifically to this performance. I see. Um, it was a very strange tour. And did he talk to you? Yeah. What did he say? He said, after I'd removed my clothing, was standing there, nothing but a pair of uh, CY briefs, he said, uh, it looks really hot in there. And I said, like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and when was this? How far into his premiership was it? Uh, this was in 2002. So, so was that one before after he made his run? So yeah, just about, about the t- just must near be just, the Iraq time. Yeah, it's just about his second term. Oh yeah, a year after. Hang oh, on a minute. Term. When did we invade Iraq? It was it 2001? Wasn't it? Are you inadvertently trying to claim that I yes he inspired him to? Well, I'm I'm, I'm thinking if that's the because it's always been a mysterious decision. I wondered, did you have something to do with it? I'm not sure how me dressed as a giant talking Canadian mouse by the name of Mouse. Uh, what was the name? No, I think it was Mouse. Because the idea, it was about, it was promote uh, safety on the internet of young, of young children. So basically to go to safe, safe websites so they don't get groomed on the internet. And so I had a giant, like, mouse, computer mouse on my back, and I was a mouse. We also had a big so sorry to, to, to promote sort of internet safety to prevent children being groomed on the internet. You decided to impersonate a sex offender. <laughs> uh, well, at least not... you didn't call yourself Chuckles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, uh, okay. In... Facts about you then. 
I can't think of one. Yeah. Bye. No. <laughs> um, interesting fact. Yeah. Did you think about that before, or did you just pop out of your head? That's usually. I'm gonna have to start thinking about these. That's before. my safety fact. That's one that that usually, you know, on dates. When I'm in, yeah. When when I'm sweating profusely. On I've the seen date. a UFO. There's an interesting fact. Right. I've, okay, people often say to me, I've had all three of the, the cliches, but they've all genuinely happened. I've seen a UFO, I've seen Elvis, and I've seen a ghost. I think that's a good time to end the podcast. Yeah. What do you mean you've seen, Ed, you mean you've seen Elvis? Um, Everyone's seen Elvis. No, no, no. no the go- like, an apparition. You've seen the ghost of Elvis. Presley, yeah. I'm not a big, huge fan or anything, yeah. Uh, I was in, uh, I was in, um, well, in my first year of university... I was living in halls. You're thinking, where is this going? And I was... Right, uh, so this is halls in Brighton. Yeah, in Brighton. Yeah, famous holiday spot of, of Elvis. No, no, no. What it? Brighton, Sussex. In the Sussex Downs, the campuses. Yeah, I've already said I'm not gay. And I was in the, I was in the kitchen. So we had a shared kitchen. A corridor, there's a corridor like with about 12 people who live on it. We've all got our separate rooms and there's a shared kitchen. I was in the kitchen late, late, you know, quite late at night. Right. And I was making myself um, some ravioli. I think I basically lived on you know, just ravioli. I just okay. eat it with butter. Uh, I cook it at first, to be fair. And I was just doing it, doing it, and I suddenly uh, sent something uh, at the left of my peripheral vision, and I turned round, and standing... Uh, it was a very small kitchen, but standing like next to the, uh, you know, the cupboards there, uh, was Elvis in the, white, in the white suit, you know, doing a pose with a microphone. Right. Um, and I looked at him, and I went... And I turned back to the ravioli, and I thought, what's happening? And I turned back, and he wasn't there. A few things. Um, as has been details on this podcast uh, on numerous occasions, were you at university, you did take a lot of drugs. No, hang on. Class C, just cannabis. I smoked cannabis every you day. You smoked cannabis every day. Rather, instead of cigarettes. So we're talking about seven, eight, so nine. So you today. think that on, on one occasion where you're in your. I didn't wars, say, I, I didn't say it wasn't influenced by drugs, Rob. I just said I've seen an apparition no. of Elvis. Because I like the idea that you just cooking ravioli in your halls and Elvis thought. Yeah, it's time to make a visitation to someone. <laughs> but the, but the, no, I'm not claiming that this is Elvis from Beyond the Grave. I don't believe that for a second. I think it was just a drug-induced hallucination. Yes. Uh, but the UFO that I saw, there were no drugs involved and was prior to me ever having taken drugs. And the, the ghost that I saw, which was in my late grandmother's house, happened when I was a child. So again, no drugs there. So you can submit your stories to uh, to localanesthetipodcast at gmail.com. Uh, anesthetic is spelled... The way we've been spelling it for the last 25 episodes. So Alpha November, Alpha no, Echo, no, no, Sierra no. Tango, India Charlie. I've got it wrong, haven't I? Uh, yes, you have. Alpha November, Alpha Echo, Sierra, Sierra Tango, Tango, Hotel, Hotel Echo, India Charlie. No, that's the local anesthetic. You forgot Tango, India oh, Charlie. Oh, look it up. Yeah, look it up, you bloody lazy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, take care, guys. Have a good week. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>